Today is Monday, January 3rd, 2022. This is a space hosted by Rebel DeFi discussing investing my first 3,000. This TerraSpaces episode is brought to you by Orbital Command, a community validator on Terra dedicated to educating, expanding, and promoting the lunatic community. You can take advantage of their Terra Luna Intel report on Telegram, bringing you the hottest news and updates on all things Terra each day and every day. Use the link below in the show notes to get there. You can also support their community efforts by considering them next time you're delegating or re-delegating your Luna. Terraspaces.org appreciates the support from Orbital Command and the rest of the community. Now let's take a listen. Good morning. Good morning. Rebel DeFi here. I've still got a few minutes before we officially start, but if anyone's got anything they'd like to say, a pre-question, query, comment, you're more than welcome to request to speak and I'll add you. But yeah, the premise of today's discussion is what would we do if we were just starting to invest on Terra and we maybe had about $3,000? I've got JC with a comment. I'll just bring you up, JC. Morning. And then if you unmute yourself, JC. Oh, hey. Um, hey, thanks hey. for having this uh, space. Um, had a quick question, uh, I guess, before, I guess, you know, we'll get started. Um, Rebel, I know you put together a video at some point about uh, Lunomics, um, uh, Luna stacking, like leverage long strategy. I was curious there, um, maybe you had an idea, is, uh, um, you know, he, he, he suggests like a 30% LTV. Um, uh, but if you borrow at 30% LTV and then you sort of buy Luna and then reprovide it, that actually brings you down, you know, net to like a 23% LTV. And so do you know whether he's saying, you know, borrow at 30% get yourself down to 23 with the with the extra Luna? Or is he actually saying, you know, borrow the 44% LTV and then use that pro- to provide down to 30%, right? And I think you showed the latter in one of your videos. But, you know, wondering if you had a, a thought there. Yes, right. Brilliant, brilliant question, JC. Um, that is the reason I took that video down. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw the first one, um, because I totally had a misunderstanding about what Lunomics was doing. So he's he's not doing that uh, because, and if you listen to his spaces, um, I think it was the second one he did. He talks about why he doesn't do that, and because he he used to do that. But in May, he was. So that's essentially you're looping Luna. You're borrowing money to buy more Luna, to post it as B Luna collateral, to bring your LTV down. And provided Luna's going up, that works brilliantly. Mm. But the potential problem is if Luna starts crashing and you need to pay off some of that loan, 
you you have no money. It's all in Luna. So then to unwind that B Luna position, you're gonna have to sell B Luna at a loss. And because Luna's crashing, other people are gonna be doing the same. So the spread to swap your B Luna back is gonna be awful. So you're maybe gonna lose 20% of the value on top of the falling price to try and unwind it. Also, if, if Luna has crashed, your LTV might be up at like 50%. So then if you withdraw B Luna to try and convert back to UST to pay the loan down, you're gonna to have to push your LTV even closer to 60%. And it, it could just turn into an absolute disaster. Um, Got it. Got it. That's that's super helpful. So so we're saying he, he is actually stopping at the, you know, after you you essentially borrow Luna, you do not provide it, but keep your 30% initial borrow so you're not kind of muddling the LTV. That's very helpful. Yeah. So I mean I, I I've been listening to those because the funny thing is like I've I've been um I started with Terra on round about March. Um, and I was using mirror and a bit of anchor. Um and it, it I wasn't really borrowing that much because I didn't quite, I didn't really get it. I was always a bit concerned and worried about it. Um, but listening to Lunomics' strategy, I thought, yeah, well, I know how to do this. I'm, I borrow, I provide it, it's going to work out. But it's, it's, it is kind of simple what he's doing. But in a way, it's also very complex to understand why he's doing it the way he's doing it. Like, I mean, anyone, anyone can borrow money. But then what my understanding of what he's doing and I, I i don't speak for him and i highly recommend his spaces which are on terraspaces.org they're all recorded um and actually i i found out i could you can download them to spotify or whatever your podcast player is um but what i think he was saying yesterday or what i took away from what he was saying yesterday and this is what he does not what he necessarily recommends that we do but say he's got $100,000 worth of Luna. He would provide that as B-Luna collateral and borrow 25%. And with, with that 25%, just buy Luna. And like you say, don't post it as collateral. Just hold that Luna in his wallet. And then, I mean, he does push his LTB higher than I push mine. He would then borrow another 20%. So his LTV could be up at about, what, 45? Um, so then he's got 25% worth of Luna, 20% worth of UST. And then he would take 20% Luna, 20% UST, and pair that and go into mm -hmm. the Luna UST LP on Terra, TerraSwap. So then he's going to be earning swap fees on that. But then if he needs to pay down his loan, He's got that kind of liquid LP. He can quickly withdraw it, split it apart, pay down the loan. And that's just using the UST part and then only sell his Luna if he really has to. Yeah, um, great. But it's, I, I mean, I think it's a really elegant strategy. And I, I, I'm, I'm going to speak to him and ask if I'm allowed to sort of make a video just showing what he does. Um, I, th I think it's good for me to kind of get things clear in my head. But also just to show other other lunatics, yeah. like what, what, a, a perfectly valid strategy. But yeah, brilliant question. Yeah. Thank you for.
for asking. Oh, absolutely. Uh, thanks for answering. I'll, I'll let you get started here. Thanks for the, oh. uh, the answer. Awesome. Thanks, JC. I'm just going to bring Dr. Doscoin up. Um, got Toby on as well. I was speaking to Toby last night on Twitter. Um, if you're up for it, Toby, I'll bring you up. Um, doctor, are you there? Doctor, you got? Did you get the invite? There he is. Toby, you're welcome to jump up if you'd like at some stage. So, um, yeah, the premise of today's call, we're going to be talking about what would we do with our first 3,000 if we were just starting out on Terra, but we have the sort of knowledge that we've got just now. Um, so can I pose that to you, Doctor? What would you do? And so just to introduce ourselves, yeah, I'm Rebel DeFi. Dr. Doscoin is my buddy from Australia. We know each other because we both contribute to Orbital Command. They are a validator on the Terra network. So that's kind of how we got together. Um, but yeah, we just hit it off pretty well. So we decided to try this Twitter Spaces thing and just take it from there. Awesome. Thanks for the introduction there, Rebel. Um, mate, what a great question, hey? Because obviously everyone's a different, different, at different uh, parts of their journey and have different amounts to contribute. And I think um, first and foremost, it's like acknowledging where you're at financially. You know, 3000 bucks is all you've got to your name. Then, of course, you want to make sure that you're putting it somewhere strategic, somewhere that's going to actually, you know, get, be as asymmetrically to the up, upside as possible so that you do get, you know, return on that investment. Nothing worse than... Um, particularly if, you, if it's your first foray into investing, nothing worse than putting money into something and <laughs> watch it, watch it halve or completely, uh, you know, go to zero. I definitely had that with my first few experiences with shares a few years ago. Um, but you know, it's part, that's part of the journey. You weather the storm and you come back stronger. But I was thinking about this question earlier, Rebel. I was just thinking about, you know, what would I do if one, I was investing for the first time in Terra and I didn't know anything about it, and two, what I would do if I had the knowledge that I have now um, and I only had $3,000. And so I think what I'll do first is just go over the first one um, and it's a, and the answer is actually ridiculously simple. The answer is simply I would buy Luna and do nothing. I would simply sit on my hands. Um, because if I knew nothing about it, then I wouldn't want to increase my potential risk um, to, you know, to lose it to liquidation or to something stupid, some decision that I've, you know, jumped into without knowing any better. Mm. I think quite often there's an attraction to trying to do more in this space, and it's like, cool, you know, where where can I where can I park my money to make more money? What pools can I provide to? What can I jump in and out of? And um, you know, so that that complexity, I think, that can lend itself to mistakes. And so I think sometimes it's worth, if you are new and you are starting out, it's like you're better off just sitting on your hands for a bit. Buy the Luna, sit on your hands, and do some research. You know? And, and obviously, yeah, obviously everything we're seeing here isn't exactly financial advice. It's just just our opinion. Uh, can can I just come back on that for a moment? That I saw sure. a tweet last night from a girl. I, I, I'm afraid I didn't, I can't remember her Twitter handle. But she was essentially, she did that strategy exactly as what you said. She put in less than, it was $8,000 something. So it was less than $9,000 this yeah. time last year. 
and she now has over a million dollars worth of Luna. She literally just did nothing. So it's like amazing. that is a perfectly valid strategy. Yes. Love it. Correct. And and also while you're doing that, you know, while you're taking the time to actually do your research on the on the ecosystem and the protocols coming out on, you know, built on Terra and all of that, what that does is it actually builds conviction. And you know, most certainly people that are investing probably have some sort of money coming in that they'll be able to invest in future. So as you're building up that conviction, of course, you know, a month or so down the line, you've probably socked away a couple more dollars, you know, in your account, you know, in a, in an account dedicated to investing. And, and then regardless of the price, if the price has gone up, if it's, you know, gone sideways or even gone down slightly, you'll be inclined to invest more because you'll, you'll understand, okay, cool. This really is a behemoth of a project. This is really, is, you know, an apex asset uh, to use to use Lunomics and CFI's favorite terms. And so uh, that's option one. Um, option two would be, and I was I was really racking my brain earlier on. I was like, okay, what is what is the best what is the best thing to do? And I think if you've got a bit of knowledge, obviously there's liquidity pools that you could jump into. So you know, we were talking the other night, Rebel, and I was saying I've been quite a fan of the Anchor USC pool fat. A while now just because it's been relatively stable um and the rewards you know pretty good too you know they've been pretty consistently around at least a hundred percent they've dropped down at different times to you know 70 80 but they're back up uh fairly comfortably around that hundred percent apr um and so you can take those rewards and you know you could park those you could put those rewards into more lunar and then bond that and bring down your LTV, you could put that into your urn and actually, you know, build up a little bit of a reserve in your urn so that down the track, um, ultimately you can pay down things if you need to. But then I started thinking a bit more like the degen that I am, Rebel. <laughs> and I was like, would I get how would I get some NFTs and stuff in, involved in this? And so okay. one of the things I thought of, and this is again, everyone can everyone's gonna do their own strategies and you know, this is, isn't financial advice, but I just thought something that is probably not considered by a lot of people is utilizing NFTs. And I thought, what could I do that would still um, utilize Terra, but perhaps even be able to navigate away from it a little bit and come back to it? And so where I arrived at is if you do some good research on some, you know, uh, Ethereum NFTs, what you could do is um, take your USO, take your Luna, you could bond it, collateralize it, borrow against it at a, let's say, a safer LTV than that kind of uh, 45% that uh, myself and people like Lunomics like to hang out at. Um, maybe put it at something where around that 25 to 30%. And the reason I say that, Rebel, is, you know, if you look at the, and actually this is a question, do you ever look at the um, Kujira analytics? Um, I... I used to, but then I sold my Kuji tokens, so not anymore. Right. Yeah. So for those who don't know, Kujira, the app which you use for you know participating in liquidations to pick up other people's uh, liquidated B Luna, there is a function there where if you uh, have contributed enough Anchor, uh, sorry, not Anchor, uh, Kuji and UST as a pair to the pool, there it gives you access to uh, not very much analytics, but a basic amount of analytics and what you can see in the graphs there is there's a big bell curve there's actually a big spike around about that 30 percent mark where you can see a lot of people 
um, are, are sitting at that 30% LTV. There's some that sit up higher, but there's a real big spike around that kind of 30% mark. So maybe just under that, um, I would say that's somewhat conservative depending on you know, you know where you think we are in the market. I think that personally, I think that Luna's probably not going to go down really that far anymore. It might trend towards the mid 70s again, and then I think if it does that, I don't you know I'd suspect that it's probably not going to visit the 70s again uh, either ever or too many times again. Not financial advice, just my opinions. So you're saying that because so many people are around about 30. LTV thirty percent. If if you're below that, they they're kind of you're, protecting you from getting liquidated because they'll get liquidated first. Is that correct? Is that yeah, correct. Mean? So when you yeah, because what you can see as well is you can see the when you look at just the general um, front face, the the front end of the Kuji uh, app, and you can see all the uh, the the bids there. Of course, there's usually a pretty big. If there's speculation that it's going to go down in price, there's a pretty big buy wall and so just by being under that 30 percent you know you you're giving yourself just a little bit more extra protection than you probably have if you were sitting around that sort of 35 to 40 percent actually and the other thing to mention on that note is that you know the more lunar you have and the higher the price that lunar is you know 15 a 15 percent drop on price in for lunar when it's sitting at a thousand bucks versus a 15 percent drop on price when it's sitting at a hundred bucks there's a lot more wiggle room price-wise. Um, so factoring in that 3000 isn't really you know, a huge amount of money. And so if if you are sitting on $3,000 worth of Luna and you've taken out a loan, you know, the price doesn't actually have to fluctuate a great deal if you're leveraged fairly high for that to uh, start being kind of uh, you know, th- seeming threatening. So just food for thought. That's why I think it's really good to, particularly early days, always go conservative. There's there's nothing wrong with keeping money in your pocket by being a little bit conservative, a little bit more cavalier and reckless, but um, it's no good talking about the money that you don't have. <laughs> or, or money that you used to have, I suppose. Yeah. So, so that, that, to be honest, that sounds way too risky for me, borrowing money and then taking it off yeah. the Terra ecosystem. This is why I'm saying it. I would, this is why I'm saying it's a total degen play, but I'm I'm sure that there may be some degens on the call. And so, this is where I was at with the um the NFT part of it. As you could find a project that is you know a decent project or one that you think is has good potential. Um, this is something that I'm considering doing as well myself. But buy an NFT, buy a couple of NFTs. Usually, what I do when I'm buying NFTs is I will buy a couple. Um, you are usually on the mint, but if I can get one on the secondary market at a, at a good price. Um, I would was the cost of the other one, hear you. Um, and then essentially I've, I've landed myself a free NFT. What that then does, this is where I'm going with this, is what I'm because it's Ethereum. I would sell it back to Ethereum, bond the Ethereum, and provide that as collateral. And then I've also got my NFT that's potentially gaining value. So I've acquired a free NFT, and I've potentially gained some Ethereum to bond and use as collateral. Full DGEN, but it's just a, a little play I thought of in my head earlier. Kind of, kind of cool. That, that, to be honest, that doesn't sound like something someone knew. Like if I was talking to one of my friends to try and get them, and I mean, I love it. it. It does sound pretty cool. But like if I was talking to someone at work and trying to say, oh, yeah, this, I'm doing this real cool thing in DeFi, decentralized finance. If I told them about that, that would 
that would just blow your mind. Like, it's so it's way, way too complex if you don't know what you're doing. That's why I offered the two strategies. If you don't know right. what you're doing, <laughs> buy and hold and forget about it. Yeah. If you don't know what you're doing, you could go DGEN if you wanted to. Cool. Cool. Well, thank you very much for those ideas and suggestions. I mean, it's definitely given me something to think about um, with regards to the NFTs. I can see one thing I'm noticing on this call. Quite a few of us have NFTs as our profile pictures and not to shill them too hard, but it does seem like the Galactic Punks are the, the most popular out of all of them. Um, We've got on the call Toby from Yield Labs. You might have seen him doing his tutorials on YouTube as well. Um, he's recently done quite a big series on Kujira, so he might have something to say about what the doctor was just saying about Kujira there. But Toby, have you got any sort of beginner type suggestions for what people might want to do with their first $3,000 if they were just coming into Terra? I don't know if you can speak to me, but oh, hey, yeah, he's coming yeah. off. Hey, how you doing? Hey, Rebel, how you doing, man? You all right? Yeah, good, thank you. I, 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 my, I'm going to say, I'm, my name's Andy. Um, <laughs> Rebel D5 <laughs> was just my sort of Twitter thing, but I don't know if I like yeah. being called Rebel. I'm quite a, quite a conservative guy at heart, actually. Um, I don't have to refer to you as Anon anymore, then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah, anyway, so that's Toby. That's quite a cool name. Whether or not it's your real one doesn't really matter, but um, yeah, I'm Andy. So um, with regards to Kajira, I think that it's like an absolutely brilliant platform. I think that what they're doing in regards to sort of like the democratization of the entire uh, liquidations process is um, incredible. And I think that the repercussions for this across decentralized finance are um, enormous. And one of the, one of the things that I thought was a bit of a disadvantage to this was that the fact that you have to have your ust sort of sitting in the platform waiting for a bid to be filled now if you do the maths and as you guys mentioned you have the analytics tools given to you if you stake enough kuji and you can see where these ltv rates are currently sitting um you can you can get fills like really really often like if you go onto the kajira website you can see like the two three percent pools have been emptied like probably well the last time i checked a couple of weeks ago was like 65 times or something so assuming that that has gone up some more with the recent market conditions then you know you can be getting these fills incredibly frequently um i think the disadvantage was having that ust kind of just sat there but they, they have sort of teased a little bit on Twitter the other day that they're going to be using, um, well, they'll have an option to use AUST to bid instead. So you will be able to bid on these liquidated assets using AUST, which is already um, earning yield in Anchor Protocol itself, um, which is amazing. One of the other things that I've seen a lot lately is perhaps some fear or some FUD. <laughs> I'm not sure whether I like these like acronyms and stuff, but um, some fear and uncertainty as to, to how sustainable Anchor Protocol is. And that sort of led me to make the video on how sustainable is Anchor. And it really is, um, it is propped up a little bit by the Ankh token, 
Um, that was always going to be the way. That was the intention from the beginning. And it was, I think it's important to realize like how these protocols work. A lot of the, I mean, some of the math in the white paper for Anchor Protocol itself is like, I mean, I look at it and feel like a moron um, <laughs> because it's like, it's really complex. <laughs> but um, but if you understand like the basic premise of, of what they're achieving and how they're getting the ball rolling, then you feel a lot safer having your sort of money invested in these like various protocols. Um, I think Kajira is going to be incredible. I think that when additional platforms come, uh, sorry, when ad additional collateralized assets come from like BSOL, Beatum and so on, that that is going to like really bootstrap the Terra ecosystem even harder than we perhaps even realize as we're sort of just sat here talking on this call. Now, as what you would do for your first $3,000, which is the sort of topic of this call, I guess, it's a bit of a strange one at the moment, isn't it? Because sometimes you get, like you were saying that you've been in for like earlier, since earlier this year, like we've obviously had a lot of focus on Terra this year too. Um, so it's kind of, sometimes difficult to recommend to people to buy into these DeFi protocols that have already been on a like a fairly huge tear mm -hmm. but at the same time with the with like the ongoing burns doquan is just something else right he's like that's what you want from a sort of figurehead of a project and it's <laughs> You know, it was the whole like a hundred dollars isn't a meme, and now it's like a thousand dollars isn't a meme. Is it going to go to a thousand dollars? Who knows, right? Like these things um, can really explode and expand over time. Um, but I think having a you made a really cool video the other day, just like going over this um, sort of structure of generating more Luna with Luna that you already have. And I think your like your first few thousand dollars into the Luna ecosystem should be doing something safe and something stable, <clears throat> excuse me, and and something that will allow you to get a feel for the ecosystem as a whole, instead of you know like degening into one of the tokens that's just launching. Um, I know that there's so many projects coming to Terra ecosystem. There's like seventy five something still to come it's like insane so like the total value in what's DeFi llama saying like 16 billion or something at the moment right um and i can only see that growing more as more of these protocols come into um come into play and some of them are like are really novel ideas too um doctor you were talking about um like taking your Borrow, taking your borrow like out and away and buying um, NFTs and stuff. And I know that we already have products that will allow you to do this like in a safer way in other platforms, such as Ethereum. There's, um, God, <clears throat> can't remember its name now. Uh, but we basically got um, Kinetic Money and other platforms like that coming that will allow you to take out a loan Terra, and then you know it just uses anchor to repay the loan automatically itself um so these are sort of like self-fulfilling loans and you prism will allow you to do this of sorts as well 
I just think it's a really exciting time. And I think that a lot of people get really scared by the <laughs> the uncertainty caused by like the, the greater market. But I think that it's easy to perhaps get caught up in that. But if you just zoom out, like six months ago, you could pick Luna up for like 20 bucks a throw, you know, and it's definitely a hold for me. Um, you know, you not financial advice. Everybody has their own timeline. Everybody has their own um, portfolio structure. Uh, Luna, perhaps when I first started looking into it, it was a bit more of a, not a degenerate play, but less of a safe play than perhaps like my core, which is like Ethereum, I guess. Um, right. But now Luna is way up there in like I've been stacking it for as 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 quickly and as uh, in as much volume as I could, and I think that it's uh, it's certainly the ecosystem will grow, and I can only see that, that taking the Luna token with it. One hundred. I don't know. I think it's an, I think it's an exciting time, man. I think there's so much to come. I think we've barely even scratched the surface, and I, I think that a lot of the. Um, the projects that have launched recently have um there's been some negativity about the way that they've launched or the token ran and then like came crashing back down and i think that's a symptom of the the perhaps echo chamber for lack of a better expression that we sort of have in terror because it's it hasn't got that full money effect yet of people coming cross chain and i think we're really starting to see that as this price is going up the burns are taking effect. We're getting higher up into these TVL rankings. And I think that it's just eyes on for a lot more people now. So, <laughs> sorry, got on a bit of a rant there. But in short, I think that if you play it safe for a little while and get comfortable with the ecosystem, like borrow a bit, play with it. The transaction fees are, are so low and the UIs are attractive the apps are easy to interact with like yeah have at it thank you thank you very much. excuse me thank you very much toby um but, i mean that's that's why i'm in terra i i just i just felt i tried a little bit on a, a very little bit on ethereum and just the gas fees considering the size of my portfolio were were killing me um a bit on avalanche and matic i was on matic for quite a while that was that was quite nice but when i started using terra i just thought just the look and the feel was was unlike any of the other DeFi protocols i was using and yeah i love it and i've stuck around um one one thing i mean quite a lot of things you raised there kinetic money i've, I've only really started researching that in the last couple of days and that is amazing so if you haven't heard of kinetic money They've got a nice medium article that's worth reading. You'll be able to just to Google that. And also Prism as well. I think Prism, when that comes out, that will be quite a low risk way that we can put our Luna to work. Um, but how exactly it's going to work, I think we need to wait until it's released. So I'll just quickly run through what I would maybe do with $3,000 and then we can open it up to some questions. Um. One thing we've not mentioned explicitly yet is staking. I think, 
I mean, I stake about a quarter of my Luna. Um, I could maybe make more yield doing something else with it. But I, I think like we're using a decentralized finance protocol or protocols built upon the Terra networks. And for us, or for that network to be secure, people need to delegate Luna to secure the network. So I, I see it as a kind of public good, paying my dues. Um, and also I'm getting 10%-ish, maybe a bit less return, and also airdrops. So I did quite well out of the Astroport airdrop just because I had staked Luna. So if I had $3,000, I would maybe put 1,000 of that into Luna and just stake it with a validator. Um, tons of validators to pick from. Just find one that kind of vibes with um, your own philosophy. Obviously, you want a validator with high uptime and probably a relatively low commission. I always look for, well, most. in fact, everyone I'm delegating to just now is less than 5% commission or 5% or less. Um, with the rest of my Luna, or sorry, not Luna, um, money, I might um, invest another thousand into Luna and then bond it into bonded Luna. So just so I could try and sort of get a feel for how borrowing works on Anchor um, and maybe put a thousand dollars worth of B Luna, post it as collateral on Anchor and maybe just borrow like a 10% loan to value just so I can see the mechanics of what happens, what interest gets charged, what rewards do I get? Because you do get anchor rewards getting kicked out for borrowing on the platform. And then maybe take that $100 and just put it into anchor earn so I can see, oh, it kind of works out as cost neutral to borrow. And I've taken that borrowed money and I'm now getting paid 20% on money that I'd borrowed. And I mean, that just, when I should have been borrowing money and I wasn't borrowing all that much was in the summer when the when we were getting paid over 100% in anchor tokens to borrow money. I didn't fully understand exactly how it all worked, so I kind of stayed away from it. But it, borrowing money is a really, really powerful DeFi option. So it's one I think it's worthwhile trying to um, get to grips with. And... The last $1,000, if I had $3,000, I would maybe either just buy more Luna or consider looking at a liquidity pool. Because again, that's quite a fundamental concept to what we're doing in DeFi. So maybe going for the Luna UST liquidity pool and maybe viewing that as a kind of cash position because the amount of Luna or amount of UST that you can have in that position does actually change over time. You do get trading fees, which helps to bump up the position. But if Luna goes substantially up in price, the amount of Luna that you'll be holding in that liquidity pool actually goes down, even though the value of your holding in dollar terms goes up. So it's just interesting to sort of see and try and get your head around how these liquidity pools work. And we were actually kind of talking about a similar question with the guys at Orbital Command. And some of you might know Shah, who's basically in charge of Orbital Command. And when we asked him the question, he just went, buy Luna. So I, I think for people who have been in the ecosystem for a while, that is essentially the answer to this question. Get hold of Luna, just as Doctor was saying earlier, get Luna and just keep it. And hopefully if 
what Toby, Doctor and myself are thinking and what many people in space are thinking is that just over time, Luna is from here going to do another 10x or so. Great way to build wealth. So with those thoughts, if anyone's got a question, comment or criticism for any of us up here, if you just want to raise your hand, we can bring you up. Or you might even have like your own idea of what you would do with your first 3,000. Or Dr. or Toby, any sort of closing thoughts just now? My thought, my initial thought here was that, um, yeah, there's, and this is from personal experience, you know, a few years ago, I made the decision, I, I had some really quick gains because um, I happened to be holding Verge, which was being shielded by John McAfee at the time. And so I made some really quick gains and I thought, well, you know what, and this was before I had a better understanding of how all this stuff worked. And I was like, well, if I've got all this money now, why don't I just, you know, take a thousand for every thousand dollars that I've got here, why don't I just allocate that to one one token and uh, and sit on that? And so I thought going wide was going to be a better option. Um, and as it kind of all panned out, you know, I happened to be buying, buying mostly the top. This was the end of the 2017, 2018 bull run. Um, and most of them underperformed. A few of them did quite well and, you know, have been quite lucrative. But um, my first thought is when it comes to the $3,000 divvy, like the thought of divvying it up into three $1,000 allocations as a, as a new person in the space made a lot, would have made a lot of sense to me. So I would have thought, okay, if I put 1000 on Luna and 1000 on Kuji and 1000 on, you know, whatever PSI, just pick one, um, you know, surely one of these is, is destined to do really well. Um, my, what I've come to realize is that when you know that something is fundamentally really, really good, you're better off going deep than you are going wide, or at least I'll speak in the eye here. I've been, I've done a lot better going deeper than I have going wider with my investments. And I've actually, um, you know, I sold off a lot of my, I was at one point I was probably holding, you know, (laughs) 70 different probably more 70 different altcoins and i sold a bunch of them down and it's like now it's like i have my blue chips it's like for me it's like btc eth and luna and then you know then there's the next tier and but i would say if you are just starting for me luna makes the most sense because it's it seems almost inevitable you know obviously there are black swan events and things change but it seems pretty inevitable to me that there's still a 10x in this still a 10x so it's like if you're 10xing three thousand dollars that's 30 grand and then let's say if in the time that it gets to 30 grand you're you've been doing your research you've been doing your homework you've figured out okay this is where i'd invest extra capital if i had it well then at thirty thousand, by the time it's there and that, you know, maybe it takes a little while. Maybe it rockets there this year. Who knows? Um, but at that point, if you were to borrow 10%, it's like you've just given yourself a loan of $3,000. It's like, well, you know, then you can you can make good decisions. But I just think, yeah, just, just a little thought I had there was about going deep. Um, I'd be curious to hear your thoughts, Andy. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing that. Um, just one final thing before we bring up Frugal Lunatic. Um, I, I'm certainly not recommending this, but something that I've done since last year, or sorry, the end of 2019, 
I have taken out a couple of bank loans and I've just chucked it straight into Terra. Mm. And it's it's worked out really, really well for me. Um, it obviously could have gone the other way, but I just thought once once I kind of realized that I wanted to like crypto, I don't own property, um, I don't have shares. My, I mean, my, my pension from work is probably going to be all right. Um, but I, I mean, crypto is my one chance to, to sort of make it and retire early. So I thought if I'm, if I'm believing this thing, yeah, borrow money cheaply in the real world, chuck it into DeFi and see what happens. Um, but as I'm saying, that's not, not advice or anything. That's just, just what I'm doing just to kind of max it. So rather than starting with 3,000, I started with a bit more than that. But it, it wasn't even my money. Um, but yes, anyway, Frugal Lunatic is here. Do you have, yeah, just unmute and let's hear your comment. Hey, um, thank you for doing the space again. And I really appreciate your videos and everything that you're doing. Um, I had a question about like Anchor Borrow. So I've seen that Anchor Borrow is like a central part of like many strategies that are out there on how to make more Luna with your existing Luna stack. So it, I, I wanted to know how did it work in the sense that it shows a minus 17, like a, like a 17% um, interest rate. And then like there's a minus 16% on like um, on the same thing. And then like you're getting like in the end, just like minus 1% as of right now. I saw a few months ago, it was like a positive one or 2%, which mm -hmm. means like you're getting paid to borrow. So like, I wanted to know where does it in the end, like catch up to you? Like, where do you see that like coming in? Is it when we pay back, it's you're getting the anchor rewards and then you have to sell them to like make up for your borrowed uh, UST? I don't know if that question makes sense. No, no, that seems to make sense to me. Toby, you've, you've done a little bit of a deep dive into anchor recently. Do you want to respond to that or shall I take that one? Uh, sure. Um, so, the thing with Anchor is that it was originally, um, so it's incentivized with the Ankh token. Now, this incentivization lasts until 2024. And obviously with the influx of capital and the lunar burn and the increase in value that we've seen lately of the lunar token itself and the ecosystem, more participation going in, um, it's a balancing act, right? So what needs to happen in this uh, for, for Anchor Protocol is that the collateralized positions need to be earning yield to pay out the um, the 20% or whatever. So it, it's always aimed to be around that 20% mark, right? So when you deposit ETH and you deposit Luna as collateralized positions, you have to over collateralize it, right? When these over collateralized tokens are taken, they are then invested elsewhere to earn yield. Think Lido and so on. So the ETH will be earning like 6%, Luna 5%. I don't know what the current rates are. I haven't checked for a week or two. Um, so just with this, right, that anchored protocols 
ability to earn yield is like somewhere between the 10 and 16% mark on any given rough day as a, as a rough estimate. Now, the anchor token itself then is used to offset the difference. And any additional is then used to bolster the treasury. Now, as you can see with the net APR is currently like negative. So you're actually paying like a very small amount to, to, to borrow, right? So I remember when I first, when I made my first ever anchor video, there was, I think you were being paid like, I don't even remember like 50 odd percent or whatever to borrow. Um, and it, it was really high. Again, this changes over time. Um, the rewards are paid out. You need to be observant and make sure that you are maintaining like healthy borrow rates and make sure that you are managing your collateralized positions as, as well as possible. Make sure that they're safe. Uh, doctor said earlier that, again, in Coogee, you can see the um, where a lot of people are borrowing money. It's around that 30% mark. That's what people are deeming a safe value. Um, the more that people are conservative with their borrowing, um, the less or the more that helps the seesaw kind of keeping anchor protocol balanced. If people, if more and more people are degenerate, then the amount that is lent out versus the collateral posted, that difference is smaller, right? So the protocol has to work harder in that rebalancing effect. Um, I hope that makes sense. So just, I mean, just adding to that, I, I mean, I'm a net borrower on Anchor. And I mean, the protocol needs people to borrow so that it can generate the yield to pay out the people who are depositing. Um, would you agree with that, Toby? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, that, so like the, the more that is, the more that is borrowed, sorry, the more that is deposited and the less that is borrowed from Anchor Protocol, the better stead it's in and the less it needs to incentivize borrowing and lending and so on. Exactly. And just as you were saying, the rates to the incentivized rates early in the year were just crazy. So how, how that might look in practice then, Frugal, is if, I mean, Frugal, do you have a loan just now? Uh, yeah, I do have a loan. I kind of uh, did your strategy about your latest video about splitting the loan into three parts, putting it into Apollo DAO and uh, having like a liquidity pool on like TerraSwap and so on. So like kind of like that. And I also like had some B Luna uh, put it again as collateral. So like keeping it below like 30% or just like around 30%. But uh, like again, like the same question as to like where is the in incentivization coming in? Where I'm like, do I have to like sell anchor tokens to make up for the sixteen percent well, that I'm I mean, incentivized for? So sure. Do, do you do you use it on your phone or on your computer? Uh, it's on my uh, computer. Right. So if it, say say you had say we're talking about three thousand dollars today, I wouldn't necessarily recommend this for um someone to start off with doing but if you turn that three thousand dollars into luna then into b luna provided it as collateral on the the borrow tab on anchor and then maybe borrowed a thousand dollars say 
And then you'd see this sort of net APR at the moment, it's saying one point or negative 1.86. So if you have a look on um, my page on Anchor, on the right hand side, you should see a part that total claimable rewards. And then that's where, that's where the Anchor rewards that you're getting for borrowing are going to accrue. Um, so, I mean, yeah, you can claim those rewards at any time. I mean, I wouldn't claim it if it was less than anything less than $10 is not worth your while claiming because you're going to have a little bit of fees and the fees kind of eat into those rewards. But yeah, I mean, just as you're saying, I mean, you could claim those anchor rewards, sell them immediately for UST and then pay down your loan. And in that way, the borrowed amount is only going to increase very slowly, just at that one point eight six percent. I mean, as it stands, the borrowed value the borrowed value will be going up. Mine's saying seventeen point seven four percent. So, I mean, that's after in the space of a year, what would that be? If you had a thousand dollar loan, that would be up to about what one thousand one hundred and seventy seven. But if you want to keep your loan down, you could yeah just sell your anchor rewards and and pay it off. Um, does that make sense, or is that is that what you're asking? Yeah, that is exactly um I wanted to know. And like you would like probably recommend like if I wanted to do it, would it be like wise to do it every week or like maybe once a month or something? That uh, if if if, like, if yeah, if your strategy was like no, I want to just keep this loan manageable. Yeah, maybe once. I mean, depending on what there's sort of how much you're getting, but. Yeah, once a week, once a month. I mean, I used to do it like a sort of Sunday morning. That was kind of just my routine. Um, sure. Uh, yeah, that, that's exactly uh, what I wanted to know. Like, I knew, like, I was being incentivized by icon, like, tell where and, like, at what part would I get, like, some anchor in return. Awesome. So, yeah, that, that was my question. Thank you. Thank you for the space. Okay, brilliant. Thanks for the question. We've got Frederick up. Hey guys. Hey Frederick. Yeah. Uh, I just have a suggestion if you're new to Terra. Um spend at least like a hundred dollars or two hundred dollars to like play around with the ecosystem, you know? Just like I don't know, mint a twenty dollars in NFT or like play with Apollo DAO, something like that, you know? Because cool. if you don't play with it, you kinda not you, you, you don't know what's what, what you're investing your money in. And yeah. like to put your money in LPs if you're just starting maybe it's like um it's kind of hard for newbies that hasn't dealt with investing to really understand how LPs work so maybe that's worth some that's something worth considering that is i mean i really like that suggestion the i i mean if taking an amount of money that to you is money that you can lose so it's, for some people that might be a hundred dollars, for some people it might be fifty, for other people it could be a thousand, whatever. But yeah, just I like that, just playing with it, seeing, yeah, seeing how these apps work, is yeah. is a and, great idea. Yeah, and another thing is like, um, please go easy on the leverage, because I know people in the space are really like crazy degens, and they just like, I don't know, do like a couple of rounds in abracadabra money and everything, but. Yeah. Oh, that's that's yeah, crazy. As someone new, I don't think you should dabble with that. But as you get better, I guess you you should try at least. One hundred percent. I mean, I, to be honest, I think it is important to learn about 
how the borrowing works because it's it is a great way to leverage your money. But I mean, as you say, go in with some play money first and just kind of try and work out the system is is a brilliant idea. Um, to show my YouTube channel, I do have some sort of tutorials for aimed at beginners, and I know Toby's got some on his Yield Labs channel as well that are targeted for newer people coming in. But yeah, that's a brilliant, um, brilliant contribution, Frederick. Thank you very much. I'll um, I'll quickly echo that too because uh, that's one of the things that I sort of used to sort of speak to the community about is like don't be afraid because you know like ethereum gas fees are running up and it was a hundred bucks a transaction and it was just like outrageous so if you've been in ethereum for a long time then it you know it was just sort of horses for courses but being new to DeFi and having the ability to um play in with these features um and familiarize yourself with them understand what it feels like to take you know like that the psychology is an enormous aspect of investing and being part of this space too right so like when you when you get like a margin call or when you are like looking at anchor and your loan value is like creeping up higher and higher that's unnerving it's a situation that is isn't particularly comfortable for anybody with any amount of money uh you know like i remember like in 2015 or whatever like when i was buying um buying eth and stuff and i'm like chucking 100 bucks in and it's like well that's a lot of money i hope i don't lose that and then you know it gets cut in half and it's just like well shit <laughs> and now you you know like you become accustomed to these twos and fro's and the ups and downs and i think it's important to get your mindset on point for for investing because it's difficult right if it was easy every single person would be doing this and everybody would have been doing it for years it's not easy it's hard it's a psychological strain it's a mental strain it's a physical strain you know like if you don't look after all of this stuff so being able to immerse yourself in a low fee environment like terra is incredibly beneficial and i suggest like if you can afford 20 dollars, like just if that's your throwaway money like Stick around with it, like go and play, buy some tokens, try a little LP, do this, do that. You know, it's really, really, really important. Awesome. Yep, I would agree with that 100%. Uh, we've got Chloe up with a contribution. Do you, are you able to, are you there, Chloe? Do you want to unmute? Hey. Hi. Do you hear me well? Yep, we can hear you, Chloe. Morning. Oh, perfect. Good morning. Hey, wonderful. Just uh, <clears throat> also see some more familiar faces. Toby and Jem, very nice to see you. And thank you for hosting this very interesting topic. Um, I agree completely. Luna is a no-brainer to be in. Very happy that I was in early on. <clears throat> and uh, uh, speaking of uh, leverage, basically have been there. And uh, was lucky I didn't get uh, liquidated, but uh, it is a great learning um, experience. So I encourage everybody to give a try to uh, just uh, feel how it feels. I think it's important. Learning is all <clears throat> by uh, doing, experiencing. Excuse my voices. I'm, uh, I'm sick. 
This oh, no. is my, <clears throat> my third day of fasting. Okay. Oh, man, it's uh, such a wonderful experience. I think my body is detoxing and uh, therefore I'm sick. <laughs> but uh, also I have very low energy level. You know, I have, have been not eating for 72 hours. It's tough. At the same time, it's exciting because, uh, you know, I'm all into this uh, challenge myself and uh, see what's possible and push the boundaries. And this is uh, one of them. Also with investing, I think there's just endless learning, endless opportunities. I'm just uh, so grateful that I am early on find Toby, uh, the ULab uh, uh, to, uh, you know, to start with and to learn the necessaries. And to be in Luna, I'm I'm uh, very um, excited for 2022. Um, you know, to unfold. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm just uh, a bigger in Luna and uh, Phantom, so I'm very very happy. And uh, oh yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm very uh, organized now with my my thoughts. I do have one question. Um, I would love to hear both uh, you, uh, Rebel. Is that how I pronounce your name? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Or Re Rebel. Rebel, sorry. Yeah. Uh, I do would like to hear you, uh, your input and Toby's on um, Nexus on Terra Luna. Thank you. And happy 2022. And, and to you too, Chloe. They say that, um, I've, I've got some friends who've gone quite deep into fasting. They say the first few days of fasting are often the hardest. And then once you get into it, it you just get, get past the not eating thing. Um, I think Nexus could potentially be amazing. I'm, I'm not using it because I, I don't have... I've not made it yet. I think once I've made it, I might use protocols like Nexus more just to preserve my wealth. I'm still building my wealth. Um, so that's the stage I'm in. So I don't see 8%. I mean, it's, it's similar to the staking yield. So I just stake my Luna for that sort of return. Um, one protocol that I'm potentially equally if not more excited about that does something similar to Nexus is Neptune. They've not released yet, but the reason I'm a bit more excited about Neptune, I think, and it's no, maybe it's just my lack of understanding about Nexus, but th there seems to be a lot of these PSI tokens or PSI or PSI, however we're supposed to pronounce it. There seems to be a lot of these tokens flying around and that that just makes me a little bit concerned the difference between nexus and neptune is quite subtle and in many ways it's not that big but in other ways it's massive and neptune aren't going to pay rewards in their token they're just going to auto compound your b luna position um, and that's essentially that's what i would do with with um, nexus when i get these side rewards um i would potentially but probably just sell them for more luna and I don't think that contributes to the to the project. So that's one reason why I'm not using 
Nexus. Any other comments, Toby, Doctor? I um, I, th I think we see this a lot with uh, a lot of protocols that have sort of come to Terra is that uh, I, d I don't know how to <laughs> how to best word this, but um, it doesn't offer any like Nexus doesn't particularly offer anything that isn't already available. Um, you know, like if you want to get that sort of yield, you can just stake and 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 have at it, right? Uh, the, the the LP pools were amazing to to begin with. They were paying really high interest rates, but as you said, Andy, like it doesn't contribute to the platform in any way, shape, or form. I know I certainly was just taking those and rolling it back into Luna or putting it into Anchor or or whatever. You know, I wasn't keeping those Nexus tokens, and I think that the the unlock was um, really detrimental to um, to the platform, right? The, so the um, for those of you that don't know, you could get this token on um, Pylon, and it was a Pylon swap. So you basically just had to deposit fifteen hundred UST, and you got basically one hundred and fifty thousand Nexus tokens um which is a lot right and then when 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 these all unlock in a massive batch at the same time there's an enormous amount of downward pressure on um the price so everybody wanted you know and this token had been up to like 40 or 50 cents and you know it's down at like five now right so even the people who who were able to participate in that swap still made like a 5x on their money, which is, you know, great. Um, but it was up in the realms of like 50x. Now, I mean, we had like Nexus and Tundra. We had them for an interview podcast type thing on the YouTube channel. They're really great guys. The platform is going to be powerful um, when they, you know, add more stuff to it, when they add like the vaults and fine tune them and, and so on. But like, it's one of those things that it's just like build it, ship it and get it out the door to the customer in like the function in a functioning form and then we'll fix it as we go along kind of deal and i think we, we kind of see that quite a bit in in the terry ecosystem at the moment i i, I mean I, I do think that's something we have to give nexus respect for and unfortunately that's not really priced into their token but i mean they were one of the first to come out if, if not the first maybe i've got my memories not working as well as it could but they were really early on after Columbus Five, yeah. So I mean, I think that's great, but unfortunately, people aren't going to buy their token just to say thanks for that. Yeah, um, of course. Doctor, you got anything else you want to contribute on Nexus? Yeah, just a quick thing. Nothing too serious here, actually. I just, I just jumped on a Nexus as we we're having this conversation because I hadn't been on it that much lately. I just remembered that I had uh, some I had a ten Luna PSI pool that I'd forgotten about. I was like, oh, that was cool. But um, <laughs> but I'm just scrolling through here, and I'm just thinking like, I myself, yeah, I was using Nexus purely for the DGen play. I was just you know doing lots of farming on it originally. Um, I'm well, I thought I was out of all those pools, but apparently I'm not. But um, the thing I was going to say is if you do want exposure to Nexus. Well, I think you know the easiest thing to do is just like 
get some anchor, put it in governance stake, and then of course you earn your PSI airdrops. And then regardless of what happens, you know, if Nexus doesn't really do much, well, at least you're gonna, you know, you have some tokens that you can sell down the line. Like the airdrops are actually pretty de- the sorry, the rewards are pretty decent for the governance stake in anchor, depending on how much you're putting in there. But um, but if if Nexus did happen to really bring the thunder and maybe I don't know change something with the underlying mechanics where it wasn't so inflationary, um, and the price did happen to take a run, well then of course you've just accrued a bunch of cipher doing nothing, um, other than having some anchor sitting in the governance state. So just a thought. Oh, that's, thank you. That's a good point. Yep. Yeah, thank you for three of you. Um, however, I think. Um, I did read somewhere saying that they are going to bring uh, bring the burning mechanism for the token uh, for 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 uh, because uh, I mean that the token emission it is pretty horrible and another <laughs> uh, another aspect is that uh, their their key business wasn't to um, helping to not getting liquidated right. I think they are working on it. So once that release, I guess you will push the. This this is my point, right? That's what, it, that's what they were wanting to do, but like that the platform's been out for a couple of months now, and it doesn't do that yet. So it's kind that's of good. just like a farming platform at the moment. So I mean, as as many of us are, or many people have said already, yeah, twenty twenty two could be a a big year for. Lots of different projects in lots of different ways. Thanks, thanks for that question and contribution, Chloe. We've got time for one more comment. We've got OW. Do you want to unmute, Tico? Yeah, sure. Thank you for that space. Uh, I just had uh, one one question on the on the Luna Omics strategy. What do you think about it? And are you using it uh, yourself, or uh, aren't you willing to go? done that road because you would consider it too risky or yeah cool interesting question um we were talking just at the very very start of the space i, I jumped on a bit early and we were discussing lunomic strategy before we sort of officially started um obviously that it's his strategy and, and i may well not be understanding it fully so i certainly don't speak for lunomics but I think it's I think it's very elegant. Um, if you've listened to all his spaces, and I highly whether or not you're inter- think you're interested in his strategy or not, I think I think they're brilliant spaces just to increase your sort of general knowledge of the Terra ecosystem. It, what he was he, he was talking about how he goes, or sorry for anyone who's not too sure of this strategy, he. My understanding of it is he'll deposit B Luna collateral into Anchor and then borrow at a rate of 25% initially. And with that 25% borrow, he just buys Luna. And if people thought that was enough exposure, they could just sit there. No, he does not provide that Luna as B Luna and put it straight back in as collateral. That was one of my misunderstandings to begin with. He just he just sits with the Luna in his wallet. But he is seems to be quite happy to push his LTV higher. So he's sitting at 25% borrow with all that money converted into Luna. He 
seems to then borrow another 20% UST. So his LTV is right up at 45. And then he'll take that UST with the Luna that he's bought or the money that he borrowed and converted into Luna, pair that, so 20% Luna, 20% UST, and then provide that as an LP in TerraSwap to earn trading fees. And it, I mean, it might seem quite risky borrowing at 45%, and, and in many ways it is, but he's got that money that he borrowed just sitting in TerraSwap. So if he ever needs to pay his loan down, he can just withdraw his liquidity so he'll get back UST and Luna and just use the UST to put straight back into his loan. So he could quite quickly pay his loan down to, even if Luna had gone down in price, pay his loan down to maybe around 30 35% and then only sell his Luna that he borrowed if it absolutely came to that. Um, one thing he was talking about on his space I thought was just fantastic was that when Luna goes down in price, the Luna and UST he's got sitting in that liquidity pair, the, the, value, the, complete, the total value of that LP does go down, but the actual number of Luna in that pool goes up. So even though you're losing dollar value of your LP, you are gaining Luna. And because he's got such a big portfolio, he was saying that he gained an extra 600 Luna in his LP. So he just took his LP out, took the dollar loss on the LP position, but then just waited for Luna to go back up in price. And when it did, he had an extra 600 Luna going back up in price. So overall, he ended up doing really, really well by Luna going down in price. So it, it just seems, I think that's why it's so elegant. As long as Luna doesn't absolutely tank, and as long as Luna does recover at some stage, he's going to be making money if Luna's going up, and he's going to be making money if Luna goes down and then comes back up. So I, I think it's beautiful. And uh, when, it, when it comes to you, are you implementing uh, this uh, strategy or uh, what are your plans uh, regarding it? I'm still thinking, I, I sort of like his previous strategy where he generates cash flow. And um, so going into, I, I, so rather than just going into the Luna USTLP, I'm going into, so I'm essentially doing his strategy except rather than just going in to Luna UST, I'm going into Anchor US, using borrowed money to go into Anchor UST, Luna UST, um, and I'm considering going back into Mine UST at the moment. Um, but I do like his strategy. I, I don't run my LTV as high as he does because I'm still a little bit scared. Um, but yeah, that's, that's my thoughts. Doctor Toby, you got? Are you doing something similar, or what are you doing with your borrow? I think that that's a strategy to be used. Or I, I must admit, I'm not massively familiar with it. But from what you've just explained, Andy, I I feel like that's a big bag strategy, um, and not particularly something for, uh, you know, like not financial advice. It's these are your tokens like you do as you please with them but I, I i feel like the benefit of that comes from when you've got a a large position accumulating like big big amounts of 
of of Luna, right? If you know, if you if you do this and you earn like 0.2 Luna a week or a fortnight or whatever, it, you know, there's better opportunities out there. But if you've got like a million bucks in liquidity, then you know it, it, it's beneficial and it's safer than uh, yes, with with that amount of money than it is, you know, degening like a million bucks into like any UST or whatever else you could choose. I'll, yeah, I just want to jump back in on that one, Toby. Um, completely agree that I, I I don't know the source of this, but everyone see well, not everyone, but a lot of people seem seem to say it on crypto Twitter is that if we ever get liquidated, if the value of our collateral on Anchor is ever below two thousand dollars, and we get liquidated, we don't lose a percentage of our collateral; we just lose it all. Yeah, you get so, fully liquidated below yeah, two thousand. It's it's in the anchor white paper, right? Um, and thank you, that's good. And over to, over two thousand, you just get partially liquidated. So one benefits of Kajira now running this liquidation queue and the rewrite of the anchor contract or the anchor liquidations contract is that it's actually beneficial to you know it's a, sorry I'll, I'll try and keep this short, but it, so it it used to be ran by there's a list of bots um i could try and dig it out i guess but there there was like between 15 and 19 bots that used to run the liquidations on anchor and what they would do because this was beneficial to them is that they would let the ltvs go as high as possible before actually liquidating them so you would see like liquidations up to like 30 percent of your collateral value right now kajira when you bid in these pools these pools are liquidating the at risk sorry the collateral is already liquidated by the liquidations bot kajira calls this um and bids on the liquidated premiums now if so if you get a fill at like five percent that means somebody with a value of um Sorry, somebody with a loan value greater than 2000 UST is being liquidated and losing 5% of their collateral if that if they fall into that 5% pool. If the cascading event goes up to the 10% pool, then you know you could be at risk of getting liquidated at 10%. And it's first come it, it's not first come first serve anymore, right? It goes through the pools, so the lower these bid values are stacked in Kajira, like the better off people who are borrowing are. Does that make sense? Yes. And it's so so in a sense, as long as you've we've got a big enough stack of Luna as collateral in Anchor, should you get liquidated, it's not necessarily going to be the end of the world. No. But if our if our collateral's not that much, and that essentially means maybe about i don't know 100 luna if unless you've got at least 100 luna we could potentially be completely liquidated even 100 luna i'm just thinking about i've got a couple of little accounts that i use sort of for demos um if luna really does tank and drops 80 percent even though my 100 luna is close to ten thousand dollars just now i reckon i could lose it all because at that stage i was an 80 percent drop it would be blue two thousand dollars right yeah a little bit complex but 
Yeah, thanks, thanks, Toby. Um, closing comments from Doctor. Anything else you want to add? His silence speaks volumes. <laughs> I'll see if he comes back on. Is he? Are you there? No. Um, I, I'll put out a tweet thread of some of the things we discussed. Um, we sort of went off topic a little bit, but hopefully that was of use to at least some of you on the call. Oh, one final request. We'll see if we can squeeze it in. Oh, it's Doctor saying he's Oh, he was kicked off or something. Sorry, I'm getting all muddled up here. I think there's someone else asking. Sorry, there, uh, something's messed up with my Twitter. So if you've requested to speak, I can't find you at the moment, I'm afraid. Sorry about that. Uh, maybe you can send me a tweet or something who can address your issue. Thanks, everyone, for being on this space. It's been a lot of fun. Great to have Toby up here from Yield Labs as well. Check him out on YouTube. One thing that's maybe this can be the, the, the closing remarks. Your YouTube channel has something like 32,500 subscribers, which is quite an impressive number. But yet your Twitter has, is it less than 1,000 followers? So that would be Who, a suggestion. Me? Go and follow Toby on Twitter. <laughs> I think, I think the, no, the YouTube is at like five four or five K, something like that. The Yield Labs Twitter account, the main Twitter account is at like 25, 26 K, something like that. Um, oh, that's what I'm thinking of. Okay. Wow. Yeah. But so yeah, how many... follow me, follow me on Twitter. <laughs> and I've what... got like 500 followers. And yeah, yeah. That's, that's, uh, that's yeah. The, the call to action. We need more, what, explosion. Well, yeah, yeah. I think, well, I linked Toby's, I think Toby's Galactic Punk actually looks I've not seen you with a beard, Toby, but it looks kind of like you. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that's I why I chose That was a good choice. Um, so what, can you tell us just a, a fi final comments then? What, what is Yield Labs? Because I know it's not just you. Um, you've got like, you do the sort of tutorials and I've forgotten your friend's name, but the there's a, French there's a, there's sounding a few guy. Of yeah, so there's a, there's a few of us. There's a group of four of us and we've been friends for a long time. And we all sort of like walked this path together um over the last four or five years this getting into crypto learning the ropes DeFi. a few a couple of us started in um like forex and stuff uh now we're sort of in like fully submerging ourselves into the crypto ecosystem um we have background, like professional backgrounds in like high management in IT companies or internet service providers and stuff. And we've just, we all do this full time. Um, so we're all in like a good position and we just feel like not enough people know about this. And we like shout it from the rooftops to friends and family to join us and escape the nine to five and the daily grind. And you sort of don't, you know, they either listen or they don't. More often than not, they don't. So we decided that uh, we'd, we'd take it to the internet and perhaps people would listen to us over there. Take it to internet. Well, listen, you've doxxed yourself on your YouTube channel. You're right out there. So next time I am in your neck of the woods and I'm not actually that far, um, I will try and get in touch and maybe we can have a coffee or something. That sounds That'd perfect, man. It's great to talk to you. Um, and uh, I appreciate everything you do. And well, thanks everyone for joining us on this Spaces. It has been recorded by Terra Spaces. Finn got up really early in the morning for him to hit record. So if you want to listen back, check out terraspaces.org. Thanks everyone.
Thank you. Thank you. Have a good day. Bye. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was Rebel DeFi and friends discussing investing the first 3K. This episode was brought to you by Orbital Command. Orbital Command's a community validator on Terra dedicated to educating, expanding, and promoting the lunatic community. We appreciate their support for helping us keep this show going. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. Sneaking through back alleys on a little cosplay. Broadway all day, looking like the wrong way. Resuscitating major players in the waiting room. Sifting through the paperwork while I be debating fools. Breaking rules, breaking bad, like we always wait for doom. Slayed a few in my early years, often ate the shroom. Sitting in the dark, waiting for the daily news to let us know what we should believe as the latest truth. Stay aloof, writing rhymes in the studio. Trying to keep it well lit like filming a movie role. Sorting through support from your endorsements. Of course, we're tripping balls, handed reports in. The latest proof ain't a way to move, change the view Just a bunch of pack of heads living in a chicken coop Picking at the dinner, finger licking like the plate is good So kick it for a minute, then show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Big thinking energy always gets the best of me When I kick it in the lab, messing with new recipes Gotta mix and match, flip the latch, letting rhythm scratch Dope shit, spitting facts with my vision smashed Big trip aristocrats, dishing out a list of trash Missing wisdom, this fish is too big to catch Better let the missus know where you hit the stash Watch your next step, bro, before you hit the traps Walking on eggshells, tripping over landmines And I'm about done dealing with these damn lies Man, I'm looking at this planet like a franchise Chastised into digging holes in the back nine the latest proof ain't a way to move, chase a view Just a bunch of peck of heads living in a chicken coop Picking at the dinner finger, licking like the plate is good So kick it for a minute, then show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two